This episode of Tear Sheets Payments Podcast is sponsored by Quavo, your automated partner in a fraud and disputes world. Hey there, welcome back to the Power of Payments Podcast. I'm your host, Ismail Umar, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Chris Sai, co-founder and CEO at Resolve. Resolve is a B2B payments firm that offers a BNPL solution for business purchases. It allows merchants to extend net terms to their business customers by taking care of things like credit checks, invoice financing, and accounts receivable processes. Resolve spun out of a firm and is backed by major investors, including Max Levchin, who co-founded PayPal and Affirm. In our conversation, Chris talks about how Resolve's product is different than that of consumer BNPL providers like Affirm and Klarna, how current macroeconomic challenges are affecting firms in the space, and what we can expect from the B2B BNPL sector in the coming years. So here's my conversation with Chris Sai. So thanks again, Chris, for joining me. Um, looking forward to this conversation. And um, maybe we can start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your professional background. Sure. Um, good to be here. So I'm co-founder CEO at Resolve. Um, Resolve and my personal story intersect with a fairly well-known founder in the fintech space, Max Levchin, who is the co-founder at PayPal and also co-founder CEO at a firm, uh, well-known large uh, consumer buy now pay later provider. The way uh, I got to know Max, Max was an angel investor in my last business, which was a pre-order payments e-commerce platform. So in 2012, I met Max at my Y Combinator demo day, where a firm was just a baby company. In fact, I think they had just rebranded from a, a not awesome name. I think they were called expedite.cc back then. It's a fun little fact. Uh, so thankfully, they re- renamed themselves to a firm. They did not have any customers at the time. We had a number of merchants and uh, it wasn't even called buy now, pay later at that point in time. I think they were really wanting to experiment with whether or not consumers would go for uh, a lending product in the checkout to help them make purchases. And we happened to have a number of consumer merchants that were using our e-commerce platform that were very game and willing to try growth growth tools inside the checkout. So we ended up striking a partnership between my business and e-commerce platform and, and a firm. And so not only did I get to know Max as our angel investor, but his entire early product and go-to-market team. And we ended up being the first e-commerce platform to offer a firm as a payment method. And the pickup from the merchants and their buyers was pretty incredible. So this is now 2013 timeframe. And we're watching what's now very well known if you're in consumer e-commerce that buy now, pay later, uh, the affirm button will basically drive something like 30 to 40% lift in conversion and sales. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a very powerful effect it has on your, your, your business. So, uh, the short version of the story is we, we got so much traction. Our merchants got so much traction from a firm, many of them who also had a B2B or commercial or wholesale component of their business said, this is amazing. Why doesn't this exist for my B2B business line. Um, and so at the time, you know, we're working on this e-commerce platform. 
it became a pretty interesting insight. We said, now maybe we should book that, mark that thought for later. We ended up selling our business to a crowdfunding platform. And in the intervening period, while my co-founder and I were vesting in peace, we were thinking about the next big venture we wanted to build. We ended up uh, reconnecting with Max and mentioning the B2B buy now, pay later concept. Max instantly jumps on it saying, hey, that's an incredible idea. Uh, and, and one thing I forgot to mention is we ended up giving a firm probably something like their first 25 to 30 merchants um, from our platform um, as part of that partnership we, deal we did. So Max said, hey, we, for B2B buy now, pay later, we get a bunch of our own merchants um, who are asking for the same thing. I can return you guys the favor. Uh, why don't I've been thinking about a sister spin-out company. I just need some founders to help me to launch or spin that out of a firm. So it was this match made in heaven. <laughs> and so uh, there were a couple dozen merchants that were asking a firm for something very similar to what we had in mind, really focusing on, on uh, the in for B2B businesses. It's specifically the invoice part of the transaction where you think about invoices, the part where a business seller um, is being asked by their buyers to wait 30, 60, sometimes 90 days to make that invoice payment. So they have to act a bit like a bank to their own business customers. Um, we focused on that. Max and his team gave us a bunch of our early customers and we spun out uh, in the 2019 timeframe. And, and now here we are working on Resolve. Uh, and we, we were, if, if people are asking about the connection between B2C and B2B buy now, pay later, we were basically at ground zero um, from the very beginning, arguably, of uh, B2C buy now, pay later, as the firm was figuring out its product market fit. And also, uh, now, our B2B buy now, pay later category creation, that's been a, a big part of our story since the beginning. And as you mentioned, of course, there's also been a demand for uh, BNPL among businesses. But why do you think it took so long, or at least much longer than the consumer BNPL firms, for the B2B component to come out or, or for this idea to catch on? It still seems like there are a few firms uh, offering B2B BNPL, but it's still a relatively novel concept. Whereas with consumers, that came out uh, much earlier or it became popular much earlier. So wh why do you think there was a delay with the business aspect? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a well-understood phenomenon that businesses, given their potentially slower adoption curve and lower sophistication level than early adopter consumers, they just take longer to adopt new technology. And so the the reality is they're often delayed in the adoption cycle by something like five to 10 years. Uh, and so that's definitely been the case. Um, so if anything, I would say the consumer adoption expectations, right? So business buyers on accounts payable teams or even business sellers that have accounts receivable teams, they have experienced things like consumer buy now, pay later, or the ability to seamlessly or frictionlessly transact. And they're thinking, hey, I have this old system, my ERP system or my payment system that was built in the 90s or early 2000s, I probably need to upgrade that. How do I find a thing that looks and feels like a firm? And so they'll go looking for it. And it might take a while to convince the rest of their team internally to do that. And once they do, you know, you're, you just imagine how, how long that process itself takes. It, it, can be, it can be a while, right? So 
slower adoption, but still the expectations that these individuals that are making decisions for their businesses have, I think largely have come from the rise of buy now, pay later, frictionless purchasing in consumer. So I, I think one, in fact, probably caused the other. That, that'd be my my way of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Now, as a B2B BNPL offering, how would you say Resolve is, is different than the major players in the consumer BNPL sector like Affirm and Klarna, both in terms of how it operates and what it offers to its customers? Yeah, the, the, the big difference for us is well, there's, there's a couple. One is, as I mentioned, we're really focused on the invoice transaction. And the important thing to understand about invoice transactions, it might sound simple, to issue an invoice and wait to get paid for 30-ish days or so. Uh, but in fact, there's there's quite a lot of complexity within that business workflow. So as the seller or the issuer of that invoice, there's at least four steps you have to undertake to make that successful as a transaction. So step one, you have to credit check the customer that you're offering the invoice to, especially if you're offering them uh, delay payment, which means you're floating them a, fo a form of credit. So underwriting them as step one is important. Step two, if you're doing this to a number of customers, you'll want to enroll them in a program. And often that program component, managing that credit limit or the credit that's available to that customer is its own step. Third, after the invoice is sent and issued, you have to go collect or chase that payment, which can be its own process. Oftentimes, businesses don't want to act like a collections agency to their own business customers, in addition to lending to them. Uh, and then lastly, there's this whole step around reconciliation, or if there's multiple partial payments to an invoice, it's a lot of work to get those partial payments reconciled into your ledger. So across these four steps, um, we have to manage that end to end. That's very different from a consumer transaction, where oftentimes uh, there are parallel uh, components, the underwriting step is parallel, um, and the KYC bits versus the KYB bits in business. But largely speaking, I would say that the, the highest level difference is there's much more emphasis on workflow and business process in the B2B buy now, pay later case than in the consumer case. <clears throat> Another way I've heard it put, which I've always found very interesting, is if, a, if you equate a consumer transaction to as simple as a tweet, of 140 characters, the uh, a business transaction is more akin to passing a bill to Congress. There's a lot more complexity involved, as I mentioned, those four steps, and there's often nuance to each of those steps. So it's really important as a B2B buy now, pay later provider to make sure you're not only handling the cash flow components of the transaction, which is what many of the business sellers and buyers want, is delayed payment terms so that there's cash flow benefits, but really there's a, a whole host of workflow issues that you have to solve in order to really address the core pain. This episode is sponsored by Quavo. Quavo's cloud-based dispute management software, QFD, is a solution that focuses on automation and allows financial institutions and fintech organizations to reduce losses, ensure compliance, and deliver real-time resolution all while significantly reducing operational overhead. Stop letting manual processes and regulatory deadlines hold you back. Quavo is your automated partner in a fraud and disputes world. For more information, head over to quavo.com. Right, right. 
And now let's also talk a little bit more about Resolve's customers. How would you say the problems of your typical customer, which is a business, are different from the problems of a consumer that uses a B2C BNPL service like a firm, for example? Yeah, maybe the best way to get at this is to talk about uh, an example. So we work with a number of manufacturers and wholesalers and distributors. So let's take one uh, one of our customers, which is a bike manufacturer that sells to retail bike stores, right? And during COVID, you can imagine um, the any outdoor sporting goods or supplies did extremely well. In fact, you may have also seen a news around supply chain snarls. Uh, given how much uh, difficulty there was in getting things shipped from country to country or from location to location. So in during this period of time of high demand for these bikes, um, our manu- bike manufacturer seller uh, was getting lots and lots of demand from their bike chain customers to you know make purchases of these multiple uh, batches of bike SKUs. And uh, they were having difficulty doing so because they're a medium-sized business. They don't have infinite cash or balance sheet to float these terms. And they have a relatively uh, small accounts receivable team compared to some larger uh, incumbent bike manufacturers. You can imagine the biggest ones that have hundreds of people on staff just in their finance team and and dozens in their accounts receivable team. So anyway, long story short, there's uh, there's a need for them to basically compete with these larger manufacturers uh, with a workflow process and a and a cash flow demand that they don't currently have available. So they install Resolve at their invoice and checkout, and they're off, able to, instead of just working with their top five to 10 best business customers, which they're offering terms to, they can now offer net 30 terms to much more, much basically all their customers that are approved by Resolve for net terms, and therefore able to sell significantly more SKUs. So if they were only offering in the 25K credit limits for these bike store owners that were making purchases, they could now increase that credit limit to 75K. So 3X the purchasing capacity of their business buyers. And those business buyers who are now stocking these bikes in their showroom floors, not only can get larger batches of inventory to sell, um, they can often also increase the cycle time of those sell-throughs. So there, there's a very virtuous cycle. So as I mentioned earlier in the consumer case, um, generally there's a increase in the purchasing from the business buyer to the business seller. So that definitely happened in this case. Uh, unlike in consumer, it's not just about the conversion benefit, like the instant checkout. In this case, it's really about unclogging the supply chain, as I mentioned, um, from the manufacturer to this business retailer. And it's about really increasing the AOV, right? The average order size and the the repeatability of that purchase, especially if there's a recurring nature to that purchase. So I'll pause there to see if that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And um, now I would also like to talk about the current macroeconomic climate. We we all know like the last few months have been a challenging time for a lot of fintech firms in general, but it seems even more so for BNPL providers, at least in the B2C space. So I'm wondering how this period has been for Resolve and, and for B2B BNPL providers in general. 
Yeah, the, I would say the the net of it has been uh, positive for us because we've, if you think about what we, I just mentioned, the story that there's both business buyers and business sellers have a need for being able to manage their cash more um, effectively, which is what we help them do. And in addition to managing uh, and oftentimes constrained workflows. Uh, and so the the demand from both buyers to have delayed payment terms 30, 60, or 90 days is increasing. And so therefore, the, the need for the merchants to offer that more effectively has gone up. The There is risk, though, obviously, there, there's uh, slow pay and no pay risk that we have to be very mindful of along with our sellers. So it, the increased demand for our offering doesn't necessarily mean it's all sunshine and roses, especially in this macroeconomic environment where there's more nervousness. Um, but I would say relative to the consumer uh, players that have oftentimes much longer duration risk that they have to think through, in, in the Affirm case, they I know they can offer uh, uh, installment loans up to five years, right? Our, ours tend to be much shorter duration. So that's that's more of a difficult position to be in uh, from a structural or capital markets point of view. Uh, we're actually, I wouldn't say immune to those effects um, of having to have large debt and warehouse facilities, uh, but it's less risky for us because we have a shorter duration and we can turn our capital much more quickly. Um, so yeah, I would say the macroeconomic environment uh, is a net positive for us, but there's definitely still risks. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So so recently, there's been a lot of discussion around the CFPB's report on BNPL firms, which suggests that stricter regulation is coming for the sector. Now, um, obviously, that pertains to consumer BNPL more, and it's going to likely have an impact on how BNPL firms operate, uh, consumer BNPL firms. But, but do you think it could also have some sort of impact on B2B BNPL providers like Resolve? So uh, the CFPB and the consumer uh, regulation of buy now pay later is definitely a hot topic. Um, I know that our friends over at Affirm and other uh, consumer buy now pay later players are watching that with great interest and and you know really wanting to um, play well with the regulators. I, I think it's different in in B two B for a number of reasons. Um, loosely speaking. B2B, uh, because these are businesses, not individuals, the regulatory framework for invoice transactions, because what we're doing is not really lending, right? These are just invoice payments inside uh, business process or a workflow, right? These are just payment methods, and there, there may be a credit component involved in it. It's, it's not treated the same way. You don't have the same regulatory requirements, um, and the the individuals or even the businesses that are making the decisions around these business payment methods, whether you're a, a seller of an invoice or you're a purchaser of an invoice, uh, th- these are business payments and 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 not loans. So therefore, uh, it's going to be probably a lot longer or it's going to come in a very different flavor if there is uh, what you're referring to in the consumer space as like a regulatory oversight uh, set of procedures. I, I do know that there's attention being paid at the state level to uh, business purchasing and business finance and things like invoice factoring, which is not what we do. Um, but yeah, I would say the the short answer is uh, it's not going to be regulated because it's just a business payment or business payment method. 
Um, and so as long as uh, I know there are other flavors of business buy now, pay later that might be more akin to a loan. I think that's probably a little bit more at risk of being regulated. But what we do is 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 less likely to be. Right, right. And now let's look into the future. What what's in store for Resolve in the near future, and and what can we expect from the the B two B BNPL sector in the coming years? Yeah, I think the the vision we have for the space, and we're seeing this is because, as I was just mentioning, this is really just uh, business as usual between B two B buyers and sellers uh, is really about managing the very core issues around workflow and cash flow. And so ultimately, buy now, pay later may become an outmoded term. It's really about uh, B2B payments. And we think about Resolve not just as a buy now, pay later provider, but as a B2B embedded payments platform. Uh, and our, our core mission is to grow transactions into relationships. That's really at the heart of businesses who are doing business with other businesses. It's the, it's the individuals interacting with other individuals and expanding their commercial relationships. So we know that B2B transactions are going to become as frictionless as B2C. We know that the rise of online purchasing and just e-commerce in general is going to make the need to handle business payments in the checkout through your invoicing more and more uh, what we refer to as embedded in nature. So yeah, we're really building that future and we're really excited to go from uh, I think this this spin out sister company to a firm, and oftentimes people ask like, "Well, what do you think about a firm?" We we love to think of ourselves as the little sister company that eventually grows up and tells their older sibling what to do, uh, because the market for what we do is and and the business transactions are substantially larger, multiples in size to the consumer equivalent. Um, so yeah, we're we're excited for the future and the the large opportunity we have ahead. Awesome. Uh, it was great to have you on, Chris. Um, have a wonderful day. Good to be with you. And I appreciate your thoughtful questions and enjoyed our time together. You just heard my conversation with Chris Sai, co-founder and CEO at Resolve. You can read the full transcript of our conversation on the Tearsheet website. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. As always, thanks a lot for joining me today and I will catch you back here in two weeks. Thank you.